1: I'm going to start off with a a very simple question. How many of you guys have been to Disneyland or the zoo or SeaWorld or any other amusement park, right? Okay, well, of all places, a zoo is what inspired this message. Actually, Disneyland inspired this message. Um, But I was taking the family. We all went to Disneyland about a month ago. And we go in, we check into the, you know, Disneyland waiting lines. I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was a little hesitant going in because I was like, man, we have a six, a four and a one-year-old. This could be meltdown city and it's hot and it's the summer. It's the busiest day. I was kind of like, I was not feeling good about it, but I was prophesying this is going to be an incredible day. Right. And I kept on prophesying that my day was going to be the best, even though I didn't feel it, but we get into the park take a couple of photos, meet up with my family, we start walking, we start walking down the, at like the main entrance, and there's all these beautiful buildings there, right, there's these, like the stone streets, and I was taken aback, I was like, man, look at these stores, look how much time and effort was put into creating this place, I'm like, I'm like, God, like you really have created people to be creative, yeah. I'm like, this is incredible, and then that quickening that Pastor Michael spoke of came upon me, and I quickened. And I was like, oh, really? Holy Spirit, you're going to talk to me now, here, in this place? Like, I don't want to just, like, I'm not going to be weird. We, we, we could talk, but I'm not going to be weird, you know? <laughs> but, um, and, I, and he would and funny, the Holy Spirit was like, correct. And I was like, that's an odd thing to say. Like, correct? You know, and he's like, yes, I have called men to create Like, because unless you create something, you cannot know me. And so now we're going to be spending some time in Genesis 1 and Genesis chapter 2. But before we do that, I have something for you on the screen.
0: Spacious skies, amber waves. Purple Mountains, the most
1: diverse continent on Earth. This is... I chose that video mainly because I wanted to see it on the big screen. <laughs> it's one thing to watch it at home with your kids, but it's another on a screen this big, right? Um, I absolutely love America. I love wild, wildlife, wilderness, and the backdrop is God, um, America the Beautiful, right? And the, the title of that series is America the Beautiful, And it has really nothing to do with my message, except that I'm talking about creation, and I wanted you to see some of what God has created. But in my message today, we're going to pick up in Genesis 1, um, verse 24. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of earth each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. I'm going to take a breath. God made animals. Got it, right? This is day six, God made animals. And then pick up in verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, I don't like reading that out loud because it's like, it's mind-twisting to me. But basically, what I want you to take away from that is that God, in Genesis 1, on the sixth day, God created the animals— and then he created man in his likeness. And now we're going to move on to the, you know, chapter 2. We're going to go back into the sixth day where God created man and animals. And Moses wrote this. And Moses goes in in 2.7. He says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And then we're going to go down to Verse 19. And it says out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam would call each living creature, that was his name. So do you guys pick up a difference between chapters one and chapter two? I did. And it's bothered me for years. I'm like, I was like, was Moses like, what was in that burning bush? Like it led Moses to be like, hey, get my orders a little mixed up, right? In chapter 1, Moses wrote, God created the beast, and then he created man. Then he turns around and immediately writes, God formed man, and then formed the beast, and brought them to man. And I don't know about you guys, but I really do not like discrepancies. Like, this bothers me. And I remember, there's been years I've prayed about the answer to this. I'm like, God, I know that there's a reason. One day I'll have a rhema word. You're going to show up and reveal it to me but I guess it's not today until we go to Disneyland and I'm walking down the streets of Disneyland and the Holy Spirit interrupts me and he was like, and when he says you're called to create and I had this like uh aha moment, but before I get there, I want to touch on the Holy Spirit for a quick second. How many of you guys, like I do this all the time, when you help someone, you say anytime when they're like, oh, thank you. I'm like, oh, anytime. You know, anytime. Yeah, I'm, I'm always willing to help. I'll answer the call anytime. Well, the Holy Spirit likes to take us up on her anytime. He really does. He's like, hey, if I'm really your friend, anytime. So, yeah, walking down the streets with your family at Disneyland, walking in Costco at work in a meeting, hey, anytime, you said, I'm here. So don't be surprised at any time. All right, I'm going to go back to uh, my story. Um, so God this is what I believe happened like through praying in the Holy Spirit and what he showed me is that God did form man first. Then second he formed the beasts, the birds, the creeping things, the cattle. However, when he formed us, we were not in his image. When he made us as man and breathed life in us, we were not in his image yet. That we actually weren't formed until into his image until we created something that To be an image of a creator, we have to create. And so when God went forth, like God could have named every single animal on his own. I mean, he created them. But he was like, you know what? I want to make a partnership right here. We're going to create something together. Because when you create names with me, when you search out every animal and we come together, we find them and give them names, we're going to create something together. And when we create something together... You're going to mirror who I am. You're going to be able to see me in a new way. You're going to be able to know me like no other man, no other creature, unlike any angel, will not be able to know God like we can. And I want to add that this this building together, this naming together, this creative activity builds relationship with God, like beautiful Elda shared. Like she knew God because of previous things they have built together, that they have walked through together, that she could trust in this new season, that there is a relationship, that bonding, a form, through creating something. And so if it hasn't been on the screen yet, the title of my message is called To Create. And that creating is a reflection of our creator. And I truly believe that you cannot see God and know Him unless you're creating something. Like, you could know Him like a paper, like a theory, like theory, like, oh, I know who God is, but you can't know Him in a relationship without a creation process with Him. But before I go any further on creativity, there's a few misconceptions about creatives I want to dispel. (laughs) Right? So, I hear these. I admit I used to think this too in some of these. I'm not going to say which ones, but I've been forgiven. And so the first one that I have heard is creativity is mainly pertained to the arts and music. So the creatives, that's for that. That's not for all areas. That's wrong. There's another one I've heard. Creative is only for a handful of people. You know, just a couple people on stage, that's what the creatives are for, not for me in my seat. That's not true. Creativity is not practical. Like, I'm practical. I have a budget. I follow this. I follow this process. Uh, you know, I, it's not practical to do this. It's like a, a whim, a free spirit. Again, that's not true. And the last one that I've heard people say is that to be creative does not require discipline. That there are undisciplined are creatives. And again, that is a lie. Wow. And what I've heard when I was praying about this is that the devil likes to leak these lies out there. Because he wants you to step out of your creative nature. Because if he can get you off your creative track, then you will not see God for who he is. And if you don't see God for who he is, you'll be stifled. You'll be stifling what God wants to do, which is his goal. His goal is to stifle what God is intent. So I'm here today to tell you, every single one of you has been called by God to create. And so... When you create something, there's like many areas that you can be creative. You can be creative in church, in kids' church, in here, right? Shouting down the preacher, you could come up with creative sayings. Like, you could be creative in your family. Like, Emily Walter, she goes to a British accent. Where are you, Emily? Oh, British accent with her kids. And my wife does Australian accent, you know? you got to be creative to come up with, like, an atmosphere. Creative in the economy, Right? Like, coming up with business ideas, creative in government, politics, education, arts, media, music, right? Actually, this sounds just like Pathfinders. (laughs) All right, so now you guys know that you are called, you may be asking, like, what's next? Okay, I know I'm called to create, but how do I create something? Well, with the process. Our God is a God of process. So of course he put a process in place for creation. And I'm gonna go through this really fast and we'll come back to it so you don't have to worry about writing it down yet. But the first step is preparation and that's getting vision. Second, second step is incubation, which is atmosphere. Third step is illumination. Illumination, which is like a rhema word. Fourth step is evaluation, hey, does this actually work? And the fifth step is implementation which is really where most people get thrown off because it requires work. That's where you sweat. That's where you put in the time. And our God wants us to have a process to create because he wants, us to, he wants to be a part of every step of that process. This is a relationship tool for us to see God, to know God, to live with God, to hear from God, and to bring about his will to this earth. And I'm going to give you a little hint um, this isn't going to be, like, people aren't going to like this, but it's not easy. God doesn't want you to have easy. Because if it's easy, you're not going to rely on him. If it's easy, you're not going to press into him. Like, if Adam could, if God was like, hey, Adam, just name this one animal, that would have been easy. But no, he had to name every single animal. Like, that's not easy work. There's over 10,000 species of just birds. Just birds. I mean, talk about, like, travel, He had to go all over the place with God, right? All right. I know some of you guys are just like, okay, okay, that's good. That's Genesis. That's Old Testament. Well, It doesn't apply to me. Okay, well, I'm going to show you the same process through Jesus in Mark chapter 8. In Mark chapter 8, it says, And they came to Bethsaida, in verse 22. And they came to Bethsaida. And some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he spit on his eyes and laid hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? The blind man looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on the eyes again, and he opened his eyes, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, do not even enter the village. David Macon actually preached on this just a couple weeks back. But it's, sometimes it's important to have certain verses repeated. Because especially when it's the right season and there's an applicability that we need to take. But So I'm going to break this down into my five points or the five points of the creative process. Step one, preparation. And preparation is all about finding the need or having the vision for your life. In here, Jesus went to Bethsaida, and then he saw the need. Hey, there's a blind man. People came and found Jesus. Hey, we have a blind man here. We need, he needs healed. Like, he found the need. And so then Jesus allowed himself to be led to the blind man. The step two, which is incubation, which is all about atmosphere. Atmosphere is so incredibly important. So Jesus took the blind man from his location in the village Outside into the wilderness because he had to change his atmosphere because he can't hear the same things. You can't be around the same things because if you're around the same things, you're going to see the same things and you're going to be stifled. And here at Awaken Church, we have Tuesday morning men's prayer, 5 30 to 7, as an atmosphere. We have women's prayer, 7 a.m. on Thursdays, as an atmosphere. We have church Sunday morning. We have a 9 a.m. service, 11 a.m. service. We have a Wednesday 6.30 p.m. service. We have a Merge conference. We have Cherish conference. We have a Waking conference. We have our plays. Because atmosphere is so important. You will, not, you will not change unless you change your atmosphere. The next point is illumination. And this is like, figure, like the aha moment, the what to do, the rhema word. And, um... I love Jesus in this particular miracle because it's the one time that, quote-unquote, what he did the first time didn't work. And Jesus knew it wasn't going to work. But I believe that Jesus had to test the offense of this man because he spit on his eyes. Spitting on the eyes would make you unclean back in the day. You actually couldn't go to church if you got spit in the eyes. you couldn't. You had to have to go wash. You'd have to go through this. It was an extremely offensive act. And so Jesus is like, "Hey, I'm going to let's spit, let's see if the miracle comes." And then the miracle didn't come. Like Jesus knew what was going to happen, but he needed to test this man. Where's your faith? Can you believe even if? Then, point number four is evaluation, which is to assess and reflect. And I, um I love this because Jesus goes back up to him and says... Do you see anything? Like, Jesus knew the answer. Yeah. But do you see anything? Let's assess the situation. Let's see if what we did worked. Obviously, it didn't. The, guy, the man was there. He's like, no, I see blind man, or I see men standing there as trees. Yeah. And when David Macon preached on this a couple weeks back, the Holy Spirit told me, he was like, yeah, he was always blind. He actually always saw men as, on, as trees. And so I looked it up, and you know, 80% of blind people still have some sort of vision. And so this man has probably been with the condition of seeing people as trees. And so he looked up, and he said, yeah, nothing's changed. This is, I'm in the same circumstance. I believed in you. Nothing's changed. But I'm still here. I'm not leaving. I've come this far. I'm, I'm, we're going to press in for another rainbow word. And I love Jesus being the part of the original creative trio, right? He was like, okay, good. Pass the test. You're not going to be offended. You're going to stay here. Now let's go after the real issue, which was the mind. The eyes were not the issue. Like, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. You don't see with your eyes. You don't taste with your mouth, right, your tongue. You don't smell with your nose. You don't touch with your skin. Where well, you touch with your skin, but you don't feel with your skin. You don't hear with your ears. And any wife in this probably could tell, like my wife, that when your husband's looking for something, it's right in front of his eyes. Like, I will open up the refrigerator door, and I'll be like, babe, where's the ketchup? She's like, it's right in the door. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm staring right here. And she walks over, and she just magically makes it appear every time. Like, where are my shoes? I don't know. They're not there. Then here... Right in front of you, it just like, literally, it just like manifests. Like creative miracles on her all the time. I still think she's pulling a trick on me. But that's because we see through expectation. Like when I'm out hunting, I expect the animals to look a certain way in, like, in a certain area, and I only look for a certain thing. And I have to retrain my eyes to see what's actually there, not what I expect to be there. And so the same thing, this man expected to see men as trees. So he wasn't going to be healed. He's like, this was my expectation. And then Jesus is like, actually, everyone else misdiagnosed you with bad eyesight, but I know the real issue is in your mind, and i got to adjust that. And so Jesus went back, and he placed his hand on the eyes and healed the mind, and he did the work, right? So point five is implementation. Jesus did the work, and this man was completely healed, completely healed. He had the vision. But on top of this work, what I love that Jesus did, because it was a healing of the mind, not of the physical eyes, he says you can't go back to your old atmospheres, because your atmospheres is what messed up your mind in the first place. And you go back to that village, you go back to the old atmosphere, you're going to go back to the old way of seeing, and men will become blurry trees again. And so t- When you come to this house, you commit, I'm going to go every Sunday. I'm going to go to men's prayer every Tuesday. I'm going to come Wednesday nights. I'm going to go to Emerge. You commit. You're going to see clearly like you've never seen before. But my warning is, don't stop. When you stop, you can fall back to the old atmospheres, to the old way of seeing. And the old way of seeing is Blindness. So do not let those roadblocks prevent you from walking out God's creative process. And one other thing I want to add on here is um, don't let fear or failure prevent you from completing the process. We have these, these five points go through. Do not let fear rise up. Or if something goes wrong and you're like, well, that didn't work in the evaluation, it's not time to throw up and just walk away. That's when it's time to press in. I'm going to share a testimony on how in this house, I was kind of radically set free from my original misconceptions of creativity because I didn't see myself as creative. I saw myself as a doer. I was like, I can outwork anybody. I can do this. I can do that. But creatives, that's not for me. And um, this was six years ago and right when my son was born. I um, had been taking time off men's prayer because – helping Joy and the baby and really having no clue what we were doing with a newborn and just figuring it out. But really, I was just lazy and wanted to sleep in. Like, let's be honest. Um, and I knew that I had needed to make more money. I had a good salary, but I was like, but we need more now that we have a child. So I started looking for jobs out there, and I started applying. I applied to jobs somewhere in Los Angeles, somewhere out in the desert, somewhere across the nation. And sure enough, When you're, like, meant to stay in a place, you're going to get a lot of offers to pull you out of that place. And so I applied, and I got a a call, interviewed, like, on-the-spot interview, a 50% raise in my salary. In the interview process, they're like, no, we need you, and here's a 50% raise to come. And I'm just like, oh, like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I was like, that has to be God, Right. It has to be God to see something that I've been praying for, and to add to this, I, um, my specific field in engineering, my specialty is called air elasticity, and it's the coupling of the aerodynamics and the structures and the control law of like airplanes. And so when the air flows over a structure, the structure deforms, and that changes how the air flows. And so my job is to understand this coupling effects and to optimize aircraft. And you may have all have been on airplanes and been through turbulence and watched those wings bounce in turbulence. That's my job. Make sure that doesn't break off, right? But at this time, so at this time, I was, uh, I was like, I'm, I want to be better at this. I want to be the best in this field. Like I started getting inspired like I want to be like I want to be better than everyone, I want to understand i don 't want to just push buttons I let a calculator do the work for me. I want to come up with my own calculators. So at the same time, while I applied to get this 50%, it was a 50% raise, they're going to pull me to train under the best of the best. They're like, hey, not only will you get this 50% raise, we're going to bring you and put you in like our fellowship program, where you can learn to be like the greatest tech fellow in this area. You have this opportunity. And I was like, man, what an answered prayer. God, you showed up. But I was, I knew this process, and I knew I had to get to men's prayer. So even though I was not there for a while, I was like, I'm committing, went to men's prayer. Somehow ended up in a circle with Pastor Colin Higginbottom and Pastor Alex Greenberg. And I'm sitting there praying with them, and it's, of course, right? They weren't, they weren't pastors at the time, but they still were themselves. They acted as pastors. They were able to pray to hear from God as pastors, And I told him my situation. I told him this was like an answered prayer. But something inside of me knew I wasn't supposed to leave San Diego. And then Pastor Alex, amazing, he was like, you don't need to train from a tech fellow. You have the Holy Spirit. He created everything. He created the the laws of physics. And if the author who created the laws of physics can let other people discover them, he can help you discover them. I'm like, okay, okay. I get it. And then immediately right after, Pastor Colin is right there. And he's like, yeah, and you don't leave for money. Because if God has called you here, he will provide. You don't need to leave to search out money. God will bring you the money when you search after him. And I'm just like, oh, but I'm leaving a lot of money on the table. But I was like, okay. So sure enough, I went to my boss the next day. It was a Wednesday. And I was like, hey, um, I got this incredible offer but can you meet me, in the, like, meet me in the middle somewhere? Like, give me a raise to stay, and we'll talk. And he's like, name your price. I'm like, okay, cool. Done. And then um, I was like, and um, I wanted to go here to learn. So actually, I need you to put aside budget for me to work on these tools that I'm not qualified to develop. And, and I'm going to produce these incredible tools for you. And inside, I'm just like, oh, you have no clue what you're doing. You know how the devil comes and lies? <laughs> Like, you know, it's like, like you can't figure that out. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, but I was in his office, and I was like, no, I'm going to figure it out. You know? Inside, I was scared. I'm not going to lie. But sure enough, he was like, okay, we'll give you a little bit. And it was a little bit at a time. I started figuring piece by piece out. And it was an intense process, and it took about a year of putting in extra time. thankful for my beautiful bride for having grace for me working you know, 11, 12-hour days in a season to put in extra time to try to figure this out. And I remember I'd figure out this one portion and then I'd figure out this another portion and then you would hit a roadblock for a week or two and then I'd press in in prayer and then I'd figure it out. And then it was just like this amazing cycle of back and forth ebb and flow with the Holy Spirit to create this tool. But I remember at one point, I hit this massive roadblock where I couldn't figure out the math. I would, it was about three, two to three weeks reading it every single day. I was reading these NASA technical papers. I was reading all these like um, dissertations about this math to figure this out. And I was just like, I wanna hit my head against the wall, my desk. I wanna take, I, I just, how do I get this in my head? Like, I, I don't know. And weeks of fighting. And it was about like about on the end of the third week, it was a Friday. I'm driving to work about seven in the morning. And I was like, God, I can't. Like today I'm done. Like I've I'm like I'm mentally, physically spent. I've put so much effort. My head hurts. I'm tired. I don't want to push any harder. I don't think I have anything left in the tank. I was like, I need you to help me figure this out by four PM today, or we're just we're we're good where we're at. I get to work. And it was one of those days when you get to work where everything hit the fan. And, um, like, we had pilots doing maneuvers they weren't supposed to be doing, breaking aircraft in flight, doing, like, this crazy things. And so then it's, like, fire under your feet. And it was, I didn't even eat lunch. I didn't drink water that day. It was one of those days where it was just go, 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 go. And then finally, 325. I got done. Like I finally finished and I sat down at my desk and I was like, really God, 25 minutes or 35 minutes. And I was like, I'm just ready to go home. I don't even want to stay. I have way more hours than I need to on the week. And, but I felt, I told God I'd give him till 4 (laughs) PM. So I decided to stay. I opened up this frustrating paper that I've probably read 30, 40 times. I looked at it, and it just made sense. I'm like, wait. No, it can't be that easy. It can't be that easy. No, it can't be that easy. And then God was reminding me. He's like, no, this morning when you said, you said you would give me the glory at this point. You said I had till four. I gave you 15 minutes to spare. And and I was able to take that revelation and build this tool that has literally radically transformed my group at our company and brought us to the forefront to be able to go on projects that we were never even considered to be on before. And this software package, I'll tell you the name, and it's J Arrow. And most people think, man, you're holy, Jesus Arrow. I'm like, no, I'm vain, Jake Arrow. I apologize. God forgive me. I, Jesus Arrow, I, would, I wish I could say that was why I came up with it. But I'd say Jake Arrow to remind me actually it was Jesus. But this amazing tool that I was able to create was a thousand times faster than this other software we were spending a quarter million dollars a year on. So a thousand times faster. So what would take minutes took like like milliseconds. And, it was, and I sit there and I'm just like, this is better than me, better than anything I could ever create. And I was, I I just, I can't help but give God the glory. I can't help but say, God, like this was a partnership. And I can tell you today that that relationship, that relationship equity and that creation process is why Joy and I are at where we are today. That when God asked us to give $100,000 when it didn't make any sense, I've built that relationship equity. I trust him. I'm like, okay, let's go. I, I've seen you move time and time again. Because God is a God of process. He's not, uh, he can do instant miracles, but He doesn't want to. Because an instant miracle doesn't b- form bonds. An instant miracle doesn't have you guys drawn together for eternity. Because what we do here will echo for eternity. And we want that strengthened. So let everyone stand to their feet. So now if there's something in here and like in this message that stood out to you or if you want to step into that creative nature that God has put in your DNA, I want you to go ahead and come forth. Just come up to the altar. I'm going to have the ministry team go ahead and come forward. And we're going to do a corporate prayer. But we have all been called to create. We have all been called to use the creative because that is how we mirror Our God, this is how we see who our God is. This is how we build relationship with our God. And I'm gonna give you a few more seconds, but come forward and I'm gonna pray. And um, and then after that, I'm gonna have welcome up Pastor Michael. But I'm gonna go ahead and start praying. Lord, I thank you for the unlocking of the creative here today. Lord, I thank you for the unlocking of creative miracles in this house that you have called us to create because the creation isn't just for us. The creation is for building bonds with each other, building bonds with you, hearing your voice, getting to know you as our Abba Father, that Lord, in the name of Jesus, I unlock the creative in this place, that we say yes, that we choose faith over fear. We choose faith to say, you know what, God, you will show up at the appointed time, that God, you are the God of miracles. I thank you for just fresh revelation for those struggling with vision new visions today, those struggling with the, the impatience of the miracle, that, Lord, the incubation of this atmosphere is speeding up the process, that, Lord, I thank you for those waiting on the frame of word, that there is fresh words from you, that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we release a fresh word and, and coming to mind that they're able to run with. Lord, I thank you for those in the evaluation process who may not be seeing what they want to see, but, Lord, I thank you that you will take them by the hand, that you will take them by the hand to the next step, that you're going to continue to work with them. And, Lord, I thank you for those who are in the step of really needing to put the work in, who have the idea, who have the solution, but they're afraid of the work. They're afraid of the time commitment. They're afraid of failing. Lord, I thank you for an impartation of boldness, of focus, that we are workers of your kingdom, and that everything that they put their hands to